All right, and part two. <laughs> <laughs> the so, reboot. <laughs> it is, right? The sequel. The sequel to to episode 14. All right, sorry, everybody. Uh, once again, welcome back to a, another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince. I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. Uh, if you missed what we were talking about, we're going to kind of recap that one a little bit. You know, things go bump in the middle of the night, and that appears to what has happened for the – Las Vegas Raiders, um, you know, it, it was the inevitable. We all knew it was going to happen, uh, and that's the firing of Josh McDaniels. I think the timing was a little off, Stevie D, um, because the timing was when everybody was sleeping, right? Yeah. And, and, of course, this guy right here, right, the night owl, is, is laying in bed watching the, the scroll go across. And what does the scroll say? You know, Josh McDaniels has been breaking news. Josh McDaniels has been fired. I was like, oh, right. So I'm hitting you guys up. I'm sending it out to our <laughs> Facebook, Facebook verse, right? But the funny thing, I'm not the only one. There are plenty of people up there with me because everybody was sending out, you know, messages that that McDaniels has been fired. We we knew it was going to happen. I just didn't expect it midseason. I didn't expect it at 1 a.m. either. Well, I definitely didn't expect it at 1 a.m., so I am with you there. Um, but we briefly touched about it last week, right? We talked about hot seats, and mm-hmm. and we we said McDaniel's on the hot seat. I didn't think in I didn't think he would be fired after, you know, a, after week eight. Um, that's a rarity that somebody's fired that early. But you got to give as much as the dysfunction is in the Raiders, right? X amount of head coaches in the last you know ten years. Um, and the change over there that's been happening, uh, I give them credit for saying, I got to cut this now, right? And send the message to the players that I'm taking ownership and I'm clearing out the GM and the head coach that are not getting it done. I hear you. I hear you, players. And and, and we're going in a different direction. But what's hard to believe is that Mark Davis is paying $80 million to make McDaniels and Gruden combined, not to coach the team. That's, that's crazy. Money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, do, <laughs> I, I don't the, – the, the love affair with Josh McDaniels has got to come to an end, right, as a head coach. It, it's, it's getting ridiculous, uh, and, you, and you hear people talking about, um, you know, where um, – you, you hear people talking about um, – you know, Josh is an offensive mind. You hear, you know, all, all these accolades that he gets. Well, part of it is that he had PED 12, right? And so that that played a significant role. Uh, the part is that he was at, and I will give Kraft and Belichick their kudos for this, is that the organization was run right at the top, right? When you When you look at what is going on with the Raiders, and as much good that Al Davis did, that, that franchise has been dysfunctional from the very beginning, right? Moving from city to city, having feuds with your Hall of Fame, all pro running back, right? Things of that sort. It, it's just been, there's always been something there. Now you move to Las Vegas, right? And you shun the entire state of California, even though the diehards, have, you know, have have traveled with you there's just something wrong there and 
the the decision to the, I mean they had who was it Rich Versace? Yeah, Italian. Led him to a playoff berth and everything. Absolutely goes on a run at the end of the season, and then they bounce him, and they they got to get this guy McDaniel's. He comes in, and again the offensive guru, their offense has been anemic, poor, poor. Right, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't validated anything, and you know he's gone now. Pierce, the kid that's or the not the kid, but the guy he's he's a young guy, right? So that's why I call him the kid. But the guy that's coming in, I was like, who is? I know this name, I know this name, and he, you know, then when we were talking, that's right, he played for the Giants, right? Um, I think they're hoping to, at least right now, steady the ship. Quite possibly could get could get a shot, right? Could get a shot. They'd have to play really well, and it's just when you don't have a GM in place, it's hard to win that job, right? Yeah, but when when you look at when you look at what Dan Campbell did, right, um, and you listen to Pierce and you listen to his pressers and everything else like that. It, it sounds reminiscent, right? You hear that passion, you hear that excitement. Um, it, it's it almost leads you to think that you know he, he he will be the leader in the clubhouse. Plus, they probably can get in cheap. <laughs> That's another thing because you just said, yeah, we well, paid a lot of money, yeah. So can probably get in. I cheap. hope it's Antonio Pierce. I, I mean, I'm not a Giants fan, but obviously, um, you know. New York guy, you, you know about the Giants, right? You 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 keep tabs on the other teams around, and he you know he was a, a a plus linebacker for the Giants. He showed a lot of passion playing, whether it was on the field or or in the locker room. And and I think his press conference as interim coach, I I think he laid out that he understands what the Raider pride is uh, because he grew up in that area. Um, he grew up a Raiders fan, and he understands what. First and foremost, Al Davis expects out of the Raiders because that's who we grew up watching was Al Davis run the team. And so I think there's a little bit of that Raider pride that goes into it. Um, and I think he's going to be – I think he's going to do fine. I think he's going to do fine. And I think he's going to learn on the job and what it takes. Um, and hopefully his other coaches don't have a problem with him taking the reins, right, that they don't look at it as well. Shoot, I, if I throw him underneath the bus, maybe I can get a shot, right? So – you got to watch out for everybody on the cutting each other. Um, right. You know, it's like sharks, right? It's like uh, chum in the waters around the sharks. So, um, but that's, that's that is what it is for the Raiders. You know, so, when you have dysfunction I mean, at the top, I think we all can appreciate that because in one way or another, our organizations had that uh, dysfunction at the top. And it really takes your ownership group a really smart ownership group and have smart people around to bring the organization, make that a top, top notch organization right now. Mark Davis is not that way, right? He's got to find it because he's making poor decisions with GMs, Mike Mayock, right? Bringing Mike Mayock. Everybody's like, why would you hire Mike Mayock as a GM? Right. And again, I, nothing bad about Ziegler who got fired, but you know, it's like when you hire somebody, you know, Zico, I don't, I don't know what experience he had about being a GM, and then you hired him. So, are you really going out and doing the right thing by your organization? And Mark has to stabilize himself and what the organization looks like, and then make smart hires underneath. Um, so. so, in addition to the Raiders, 
in addition to the Commanders, which we're going to talk about that in a minute as well, the Arizona Cardinals are in the news for their uh, owner. Yes. And, you know, all that's going on there. Again, you talk about this function, right? And we're looking at these different ownership groups for these teams. And maybe, I don't know if it's society. I don't know if it's the NFL saying I'm fed up with it. Um, But maybe they're going to come down on Bidwell the way, maybe not as as severe as Snyder, but maybe start coming down. Because some of the things that are being said about Bidwell and what's going on there, not good. Toxic situation. But again, if you look at that organization, they fired the name it's escaping who the coach was before Wilkes. Because Wilkes got fired after one year. He did. Right? So you had you had the coach before Wilkes. Then you had Steve Wilkes that got one year. Then you got Kingsbury that I think got two years with the Cardinals, with Murray. And then you fired him, and then you brought in Gannon. So you're talking four coaches in about five, in, 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 in let's say six years. That's right. dysfunction, right? Now it's coming out that the workplace was not a, a really good place to work. And you wonder why, if this is part of the reason why you're going through coaches and, and, and everything. Because again, when, you're, when your owner is dysfunctional, look, the Jets soared a little bit with Woody and Chris. Uh, we had some dysfunction and, and we were going through GMs and coaches. Um, it was not pretty. It was not pretty. Um, and so, again, ownership that's dysfunctional. It bleeds down through an organization, and it's toxic. When you look at organizations and all these they, they, they had Arians. It was Arians that was there. Arians that stepped down. He stepped down, and then yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, if you look at like teams like the Steelers, I mean, three head coaches in their existence. <laughs> well, no, you you can't compare anybody to the Steelers. I mean, when you. If you want to have, saying, look at that, that structure at the top, everybody talked about the owners, even as the owner passed and got passed down to another Rooney, it's the consistency within the ownership that doesn't get caught up with outside noise, stays the course and, and everything is, you don't hear noises coming out of, out of Pittsburgh. And, and that's very tough. But to me, they're like the, the gold standard because they've only had three coaches. They they are. I, well, you can almost say, I'm not going to put them in the gold standard, the, the Brown family from, from the Bengals. Look how long they stayed with Marvin Lewis, right? You, there, there's something to be said with consistency. And, and Marvin Lewis was consistent probably not as consistent as you wanted to be, right? He was always that eight and eight guy, right? Seven and nine, nine and seven. He he was always that middle tier. And that, that was the knock on him, right? But they stayed consistent. And, and, cheap. and that he was cheap. And he was cheap. Okay. You don't like to pay the money. It's cheap. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, CBD, we had the trade deadline, right? Yeah. And so we were talking about dysfunctional franchises, and so then, you know, I, I promise I'd get back to this. In 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 our nation's capital, what are we doing? What 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 exactly are we doing? Because I, you know, when when I look at it, at the end of the day, you have a. 
first round pick in Chase Young um, that you send off for, I think it was a three. You have Montez Sweat, who was a second round pick, who you send off for a two. Don't know how those two go together, right? But you basically have decimated your defensive line. You've said that I'm blowing this whole thing up, right? But can you look at it and say, look, these guys are going to commend money that they don't believe is worth paying. Even like Chase, Chase Young. Guy's been hurt the whole time he's been in the league. I'm not saying he's not a great player, but he's been hurt. So what? Why? If you believe that? So I, I've heard a lot on Chase Young, and you're right, right? Injuries ha- have really gotten him for the last couple seasons, right? He, he comes in with all the talent in the world, all the accolades, um, and you've seen it when he's healthy. You, you have seen he has dominated games close to the level Aaron Donald dominated games in you know back a few years ago just can't stay healthy and can't stay on the field. Okay, I'll give you that one, but you get rid of both? Well, again, not knowing where what they're doing money-wise, obviously they don't have to pay a quarterback. They don't have to pay a running back. They already paid McLaurin. They don't have you know, they don't have any offensive linemen that are stud, so you figure you would keep one where you're not paying. Um, but if that's the decision they were going into, what's up, Rob? Hey, Rob. Um, you know, I, I again, I'm not knowing where they're where they're trying to go. Chase Young makes sense. Sweat, I was a little bit surprised about it, and I was surprised about the Bears giving up a second round pick for a guy that's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I agree. So, I, that that that's surprising um, there. Unless the only I way think I think the Bears would pass on it is if you sign into a long term contract yeah. before the season. Before you, I, I think Other they feel that it doesn't make any sense to give up a second round pick for a guy you can get in a couple months. Um, Unless you were afraid that he got traded somewhere else and then somebody would give him a long-term deal and you'd be out. But From the Bears' perspective, though, yeah, you know, they went heavy on defense in free agency this year, right? Now you've added a piece, a valuable piece, to your defensive line, So, which they probably never should have got rid of Khalil Mack, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> uh yeah, Joey, it, it, it was crazy trade deadline deals, you know. Well, it's crazy for some teams. Well, it, it it's funny. It, it's funny because the NFL trade deadline for the NFL was non-existent for the longest time, right? You would look at all the other sports, right? Baseball, hockey, basketball, that trade deadline, you know, it, it was a must-see TV Everybody's waiting for that four o'clock deadline hour, right? And you see all these deals coming through, and you're like, oh, wow, this guy, you know, what did my team do? What didn't my team do? Did we get anything, right? It was just, it was the second Christmas. For the NFL, it would come and go. And the biggest trade deadline that we ever, that at least that I know of, and maybe because it's near and dear to my heart, was the Cornelius Bennett trade, right? Where we made that three That was like 40 trade. years ago. It was, and that that's the only one that that really uh, that you you thought about as far as an NFL trade deadline deal. And now, kudos to the NFL, kudos to Roger Goodell. You've added some excitement midway yeah, through the yeah. season, right? And fans because, have been clamoring for it because yes, you're saying absolutely. all these systems. You can't trade a player midseason because they're never going to learn the scheme. I mean, come on, that that's a little bit of a weak excuse. I I can understand maybe a quarterback it's tougher. 
Um, yeah. to, to change out a quarterback uh, at a trade deadline. We're going to find out with Josh Dobbs here because he was one of the quarterbacks on the move from the Cardinals to the Vikings yeah. because of the Kirk Cousins torn ACL and, and such. But it, it's uh, it's exciting. I mean, I'm checking, right? We're going back. Everybody's I am in it and texting what's happening. You guys made a trade and we didn't. And uh, we wound up signing a cast off from the Buffalo Bills to try and do some patchwork. I mean, Roger Saffold, uh, if you look <laughs> at the numbers, his PFF ranking was the second worst for a guard, right guard in the NFL last year. Uh, maybe he's banged up and maybe being off for X amount of months, they'll find the fountain of youth here. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Jets will take anybody because we got nobody. Right. So we needed we need bodies. Um, and it, it turned out that the Jets tried to get Devontae Adams. They tried to get uh, Mike Evans from Tampa Bay. Uh, but like Joe Douglas said, it takes two to tango. And and uh, whether the Bucks said, yeah, give me two number ones and you can have Mike Evans. And, you know, Joe Douglas gave him the old, uh, you know, New York Italian salute. You, and, you uh, tried to get Terry Kill. You tried to get Mike Evans. You, you saw Tyreek Hill come out and say that, right? Did you hear the Tyreek Hill? He had an interview the other day, and he said that the Jets came in with $78 million guaranteed on the trade. Um, and his mom, I don't know if you watched the interview or not. I don't know if you saw it. It just no. it came out like two or three days ago. He said that the Chiefs insulted him. Miami came in at like, uh, I don't know, $60 million guaranteed. And the Jets came in. They were they were actually lower than Miami. Then leapfrobbed them to seventy eight million. And then his mom calls him and says, "But Florida doesn't have state tax." And Tyreek said, "Get me to Miami." And that's how he became a Dolphin. So, so again, not a lack of trying by the Jets. You know, New York the, the state tax is a big deal when you're trying to get a player to play for you uh, compared to uh, some states yeah. that don't have it. I'm not I'm not throwing shade here. I'm not throwing shade. Oh, I, I feel shades coming. No, I, I'm I'm not. This is actually a legitimate question. Since you play in New Jersey, see, see what I mean? No, 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 I mean? no, 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 no. Hear me, hear me out. Since you play, you play New, New Jersey state tax. Yeah. Why? Why, New York, New why, why don't you move the the operations from New York? Because you're in what? Uh, somewhere in New York. Why don't you move it from New York to New Jersey and take advantage of the taxes there? We are. You see, I'm getting set up here, and I don't like it. I, it no, you it's know, a legit. It's you a legit know question. the Jets facility is in New Jersey. You oh, know that. Was, see, you set me up. See, see, see this. I did. I this did. Why are you paying New York State taxes? Propaganda. You know, Florham Park is in New Jersey. You I, know I, it. I did. Yeah. But, exactly. So then, why? What? Then like why are you allowed to keep a New York name? But moreover, why are you paying New York taxes? It's actually would be New Jersey taxes, not New York taxes. And so those New Jersey taxes are still. I I know there's no well, New York tax. New Jersey uh, the tax the, the ta it's it's I mean it's on par. Um, okay. Right, where, where Florida has nothing. I remember when I moved from New York to Florida. Yeah. And, and I know Anthony who, who's out there. He he's been hit me up on you know starts with leadership when we we're talking about the owners earlier. Um, Anthony uh, he moved from from the north to the south. So he knows, and you so did you. You get that first paycheck, you're like, dang, right? Now, can you imagine on Tyreek's paycheck? When, <laughs> when, I, look like? when I got my first one, I, I remember I looked at my buddy, I was like, 
yo, they screwed up on my paycheck. Yeah. I got an extra money. Yeah, I didn't realize at the time there was no state tax. I was like, oh. And then he's like, there's no state tax. I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, oh, this is great. Yeah. But, uh, well, sorry. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, it's uh... – so, well, the speaking of, of trade deadline deals, Stevie D, I was worried. I, I was worried because I expected a lot to happen. I was hoping, you know, and not because it's, it's just fun, right? But I expected a lot to happen because you have some pressing needs, right? And you, you almost feel like you're slipping away a little bit, right? That grip is slipping. And looking at our linebacker situation, right? We're modifying the schemes of our defense to kind of offset some of the deficiencies that we've had left by that void from the Milano injury. And then obviously with Trey's injury and we know what we're struggling at at defensive back, I expected to see us uh, address both with trades. And there were a lot of rumors going on out there. And I think the biggest one, um, was uh, the Johnson kid from Chicago, Jalen Johnson? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. That that was that was the biggest rumor that was out there, and you kept waiting for it to happen. You kept waiting, and what you started to hear is that the price tag was way too much. It, and I think you have to ask yourself when somebody says that the price tag is too much, right? Where do you draw that line and how do you draw that line if you deem yourself a contender, right? Because if you truly are a contender, just like all these other teams in every other sport, right, they'll go and if they're a contender, they'll go and be a buyer so that they have a rental player, right, to offset or to improve what they have midseason. So I, I, I kind of question where, where that price tag is too high. So I struggled with this in a way because with football, you only get so many draft picks. In baseball, you have millions of talent in the minor leagues. It may not be considered at one point high in the major league pipeline for rookies, but you have a lot of people that you're grooming at lower levels to be ready at the major league level, right? Where in football, Man, if you miss – who did you get? What's his name? Rasul? Rasul Douglas. Douglas, thank you. So you get him from Green Bay. Is he a Tier 1 corner? No. Is he a Tier 2 corner? I don't know. Right? So if he's between a 2 and a 3 tier corner in the league, you're not going to give up a second rounder. Well, Even if I, you're I, 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 think, I right? think if you look at – and this is where I, I hate the analytics. I do. They have him graded into kind of what you would deem a tier two now, right? Okay. When he when he when he first came in, uh, I think with the Eagles, you know, kind of wasn't the right fit and everything else like that. Almost like Elam, right? Because then you know, when he went to Green Bay, kind of meshed more into um, the scheme that they had. He became a lot more aggressive. You started to see his interception numbers start to go up. You start to see his play on the ball. Now, sometimes he gets beat, right? And so you got to have good communication. But I think he would have gone into more of that tier, too. I think Buffalo deemed him as a more appropriate fit, though. Okay. Uh, because he is a zone corner, which maybe they learned from Elam, right? What, what did you give up for him? What did you give up? We gave up a fifth and swapped uh, six, I believe. So it, that, That's great. That's a great yeah. trade. 
It's a great trade. Yeah. Great trade for the it, for the Buffalo Bills. I, I don't have a problem with that one. Yeah. I don't have a problem for that one. What I have a problem actually is why did it take you so long? <laughs> right? And and there's two there's there's uh you know, like you said, there's there's two sides, right? And so you you know it depends what the other side is talking, looking. So I, I get all that. Also, what I heard, Stevie D, is that the 49ers were in on Rasul Douglas as well. Um, now, I, I don't have a lot of confirmation on this. I, I've heard this a couple times. Um, but the 49ers um, were hot and heavy, but the Packers didn't want to trade within the conference. It didn't, didn't really want to trade with the 49ers. Well, they, they're more of a rival there, right, in the last 10 years with the playoffs and things like that. But here's what I'll say about the Packers, and like I think most teams, because the here, trade here, that Rob, Rob, Rob gave the full details. So a third, it got both Douglas and additional fifth. So it was Thanks, a, a third and fifth. Um, so with parity in the NFL, and where teams are, and you look at how many teams are around that three and four record, um, or they were going into this week at, at two and five. Right. And then all of a sudden, if they win, they're three and five. If they lose, they're two and six. Two and six, you got no chance. Three right. and five, you got hope. So you made the comment, why didn't make a deal earlier? I think it's harder to make a deal earlier because teams are still trying to figure out their year. Are we are we players for the seventh spot? Or are we really looking at the following the next year? Right. Then you and, gotta move the trade. You gotta move the trade deadline later in the season. Right, sure, and and that that could be an option, but I, I think that's where and why yeah. you we didn't see a lot of activity earlier because you're trying to figure out what you are. And like Green Bay, once they lost, they go to two and six. Even as weak as that division is, and I think they see Jordan Love's play as of right now, and it, and it's steadily going this way. Mm-hmm. I, okay, we're done. We're we're not going to win this year. This is truly a development season for Jordan Love. We are not going to compete for the playoff spot. We got to figure out if this guy's a franchise kind of guy or not. Mm-hmm. So somebody wants Douglas, you give us the right price. The third rounder is a good price for Green Bay. That is a good price for Green Bay. Right? More so for Green Bay than, than maybe Buffalo. But at the end of the day, maybe he's a stud in your scheme. Yeah. And then that third rounder looks like nothing because you solidified your cornerback because he fits your scheme real well. And and maybe a change of scenery and, and new coaching. Maybe they see something in his game that on a tweak, and next thing you know, he goes to here. So, um, at the end of the day, you guys made the deal that you needed to make. Now, as I said, I wanted a linebacker, right? Who it was, I don't know. I just wanted a linebacker, right? Insert name here, and I would have been happy probably. Probably, <laughs> right? But we did make another move, and I was happy with that move. Non-trade. Right, yeah. went out and, and signed Leonard Fournette, touchdown Lenny, um, and I'm very happy with that one. Um, I listened to Brandon Bre- Brandon Bean's presser today, um, and he, you know, of course, you know, I, I looked at this guy back in you know 2017 in pre-draft and you know all of that. Well, all, all I know is I remember Leonard Fournette coming out, right, and I remember how just physical, imposing of a runner he is. Uh, was and is, um, and that's the kind of back that I like. No, no disrespect to Cook because I think you know Cook has been playing great, right? I like the dimension that he offers. 
He's been running more inside right than we expected, and he's been doing great there. So I have no problem with James Cook. Don't really have a lot of issue with Latavius Murray, but you know, older tread on the tires, a little, little older than, than what you're getting out of Fournette. For some reason, I don't know if he's hit the wall or just doesn't seem to have the same Latavius Murray that we've seen, right? And not to mention, Leonard Fournette shops at the same Publix that I do. Good. <laughs> That's always good. <laughs> right? Because you, you, you know I'm always repping Buffalo, right? Always repping Buffalo. And I uh, I happen to be in there a couple times now. And this guy in produce, you know, he's like, oh, you're the Buffalo fan. Yeah, Leonard Fournette was just in here. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right? So, you know, maybe, maybe in the offseason – uh, you know, be able to link up with Touchdown Lenny at public to be like, hey, you got to come on OW Sports. <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, I, I love his play. He can catch, right? We already know he's a big back. You know, he can run in at the goal line. He can run in between the tackles. Um, he gets a good fourth quarterback, right? Either if you're trying to wear down, you're trying to run the clock, right? Things like that. He's always a fall forward type guy. So you're going to get those three plus yards. And when, when you get into that and you're trying to drain that clock, right? You're getting me four, four and two. I'm good. Move the chains and let's keep going. So, you know, they brought him in and then they let him go. I was a little disappointed, but they, they did make the signing. And so I think that's fortified, especially with Harris little status on unknown right now. So I, I think that's good. And um, I, I like the backfield. Now, the question is, is he ready to play? And you and I were talking about that, right? A guy that's been sitting out the last eight weeks, you know, you can do all the running you want at a high school track and go to, you know, the athletic facilities and do all of those type of activities. But are you game ready? And, and we saw the same with Delvin, right? You you know firsthand with Delvin. It's, and it's you taken st- him a while to get ramped up. I mean, it took him six, seven games. Six games to really where I said, oh, okay, his bounce is back. His his speed is back. Now, it's a matter of creating holes for him to, be, to make those explosive plays. But we started seeing it in, in, in week uh, week six, week seven, uh, where he started showing some explosiveness uh, with his legs. So, um, again, uh, you're not in a rush to have him. It's a good insurance blanket. So, it gives him opportunity on the practice squad to get in game shape. No rush. Get your speed going. And then. If somebody gets hurt, he's ready to step in. If nobody gets hurt, you just have a first back to end the rotation or use them in, you know, maybe it's a third time, but whatever the case may be. So it's a low risk uh, for the Buffalo Bills. It's not going to cost you much money. It's a great signing. Great signing. You know, I look at the Jets and I say to myself, you know, my, you know, Rich who's texted me all day. When are we going to make a move? When are we going to make a move? And I told him, I said, look, Rich, this is not our GM's MO. At the end of the day, it's not our MO. I thought Sala kind of set the tone for Jet fans um, at his press conference and said, look, teams don't trade linemen. Very, it's hard. Everybody needs linemen. It's hard. So I thought he kind of set the expectations right then and there. Don't expect to trade for a lineman. Mm-hmm. Right? You're going you're gonna to take a look at what's out there and, and sign and where it's just going to cost you money, no picks. Joe Douglas is a guy that does not like to give away draft picks. Doesn't like to do it. What I'm more shocked about, not that I thought maybe we could have got a Hunter Renfro from the Raiders. I thought that was a possibility. Obviously, it didn't happen. I was shocked to hear that he really tried to get Adams 
and Mike Evans. Really shocked to hear that. Um, what really shocked me the most is that Carl Lawson and Dalvin Cook are still on the roster. Yeah. More so Carl Lawson than Dalvin Cook because Dalvin Cook, you signed him and it only it cost you only cost you money. But with Carl Lawson, you chose outside of his back injury in camp, and he in like the first couple of weeks they sat him out. He's been a healthy scratch for week after week after week. So I'm thinking, okay, they're not going to play him because they don't want to get him hurt because they want to trade him. And then the trade that like comes and like oh, you didn't trade him, so yeah. You had a healthy guy that's rotational, right? And you're not putting him in. That's he's a, a straight pass rusher. I understand Huff and Jermaine Johnson, but when you're talking about a rotation of players and keeping people fresh, you would still think Carlos would have more than 29 snaps for the entire year, right? That, that yeah. that's a shame. Now he restructured his contract, gave some money back. So you know we talked about this what last year, the year before on players. Do you have a handshake deal and say, look? I'm going to, I'm going to restructure the deal, but you can't overwork me where I'm going to get hurt because I want to get paid next year. Right. So do you do a friendly deal? And then the Jets said, Hey, you know, maybe we'll even try and trade you. I don't know. We know Carl Lawson came out and said, I'm healthy. I'm ready to contribute. I want to play. So I think that theory goes out the window because he really told, basically told everybody it's not my, my choice by not playing. I'm here to play. I'm not here to watch. I think it was his exact word. So um, again, quiet for the Jets on the deadline. That, that, who, wait, that statement was by who? Carl Lawson. Okay. I thought yeah. Delvin said the same thing. Well, Carl, he says he wants more touches. Like he needs, he says for him to be effective, his words were in order for me to be effective, I need consistent touches. I, it's like getting the rhythm in a game, right? Sure. But you got Brees. Brees is the main guy. You're not going to get those those consistent touches. What I've said, and I know I, we've talked about it a lot, you know, off the podcast, is I would put him in in the same formation with Brees, put him out wide, put him in the slot, give these defenses something else to think about, incorporate Dalvin that way. Even if you're not throwing it to him, it's, oh, they could throw it to him, right? At least he's on the field, and if he's open, maybe our quarterback does get him the football, right, um, and and get him in spaces to, to catch and run where he can utilize his, his quickness and his, and his – his uh his stiff arm and you know you know and break some tackles so um you know it is what it is the life of being a jets fan around the tread day line is never really exciting um but in the end look do i want the jets to make the playoffs yes am i tired of hearing 12 years that it's been since the playoff birth? absolutely i right but, listen listen you're good you're good you have to get way past 12 before it starts to really bother you well, it's bothering me now because I'm not used to these long droughts. I'm not used to making the playoffs every year, but these long droughts are a killer. But here's what I'll say. It's okay. Is it's okay. What, I, what I'm I here for you. What I don't I, mind is sacrificing high-round draft picks when I don't believe our quarterback that's in, in there right now can deliver the offensive scheme to give us 25 to 30 points a game. He's not that guy, right? So I'd rather save those draft picks and have a healthy Aaron Rodgers and give him more weapons or stability on the line next year because I have that draft capital. I don't want to give all my sure. draft capital away because as much as Aaron says he's coming back this year, and I hope he does, it would be a great story. And hopefully we're, we are something to play for. It's just 
I don't want to give up that draft capital when I don't know what the season's going to be like because we're four and three, right? Like we're four and three. Some fans say we should be better than that. Some fans say we should be worse than that. We are four and three. We are a team that's anemic on third down, right? We cannot get first downs. We're anemic. It's truly, I think we're allergic to getting a first down on third down, right? I've never seen it in my history. I'm trying to think of back when a team was this bad at getting a first down on third down. It, it, it's it's sad. Um, we can't score touchdowns in the red zone. That's another marker. It's awful. And all this pressure is on the defense. So why would I give up a second, third round picks, maybe even more over multiple years to get a Mike Evans or a Devontae Adams? Then, uh, then you wouldn't be as anemic on third down. No, I, I think we would be because our, our it's it's complicated. <laughs> we have a lot of we have a lot of problems, right? We have a lot. Is of that problems. the Jets' relationship status? It's complicated. It's complicated. Look, I would I've liked Devontae Adams. If I could have got Devontae Adams, I would absolutely made the draft pick changes because you have Devontae long term, right? So you're going to have him when Aaron Rodgers get back. I, I would. I just wouldn't. Let me clarify that statement. I wouldn't just trade my picks just for anybody. It'd have to be for that special guy that I have for multiple years. I don't want the short-term rental that I give out a high-level draft pick for that can walk at the end of the year, possibly work at the end of the year. So um, it didn't work out, but it is what it is. We're we're about to go to a special segment. Yeah, I'm excited. But but before we do, something just ran across when you were talking about Devontae Adams, right? Devontae Adams was just thoroughly upset discussing with Garoppolo. We know Garoppolo's been benched, right, for for this rookie kid. We know Garoppolo is not going to be there next year. Is it possible that the Raiders make a play for Cousins next year? I mean, I know it's possible, but I mean, is that is that legitimate? Can can we put some meat on the bone for that one? I think it's possible. I think it all depends on where they fall in the draft and what the new GM is looking to do, right? Because it's we don't know the philosophy of the GM, right? Like 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 if you had a GM in place today, he may you may already think of okay, well we know this guy likes veteran quarterbacks. He's not going to draft one. He doesn't want to go through the headache of drafting a quarterback. They'll look for to sign a free agent without having a GM in place. It's hard to for me to say would they go after uh, after Cousins or try and draft a, a quarterback. So the the question, the real question would be is, would Adam stay? Would Renfro stay? Would Myers stay to go through the pains of a rookie quarterback? Right, Caleb Williams shows up, you know, and, and I don't think they're going to be that bad. That division. That division is one where they could still finish, you know, with, you know, possibly a winning record in the division. Didn't they have a quarterback that may be kind of similar to Kirk Cousins that they let go last year for whatever reason, and then he went to New oh, Orleans? Oh, oh, hold on. You're dealing with the fired coach and the fired GM that let all this happen. I mean, I, I mean, think about it. I, I, that that franchise. What do you? It's you just. It, it's a mess. It's a mess. I, I don't know when you when you when you said Adams, you got me thinking. Well, if you couldn't get Adams, and the Raiders were weren't willing to part with Adams, Adams stays, 
right? He's already got a huge paycheck there. I would say if you're going with a rookie quarterback, fire the owner. That's right, Craig, fire the owner. Um, I, I would I would trade Adams, and I would, re, I would start this thing all over because Adams will not be happy with a rookie quarterback. No. If, if you go with veteran – you could possibly kind of restart the the Raiders where you're not, you know, a, a three and fourteen team, but are you a ten win team with Kirk Cousins? Well, I think you would. I... Craig, you're too funny, Craig. Offensively, <laughs> offensively, they have the weapons, right? They got the rookie tight end who is is going to be good. You got Adams and Myers on the outside. You got Rimfo in the slot. They keep all three of those. If you make, make Jacobs happy, all you're doing is fortifying the offensive line. They have they have they the have weapons. Talent. Yes, they do. They have. They just the- didn't have the right coach for for the talent. And, and Rob, I go back to scheme. I go back to scheme. They it just they just didn't. And honestly, the biggest problem that they had was Garoppolo. Right, the, it, it was Jimmy G. I, I didn't like Jimmy G before. You remember I called him out in that playoff game. Like, yeah. what, what, are you, what are you doing? All right. So, new segment. Right. Uh, and, and the new segment is only because of this time of year. You know, Stevie D, I was expecting when we started that I was going to see a costume, maybe a mask, you know, maybe a little face paint. You're going to be dressed up. And then I realized you weren't. And then I started thinking, I'm like, well, you're dressed up all the time, right? You, you're <laughs> <laughs> you're dressed up as, you know, the disappointed football fan, right? And and that's why you got that jets across the across the chest, right? That that just, you know, it's it's a it's a annual thing for you. I get it, right? If you were to wear the patriotic colors, the red, white, and blue, it's so vibrant, right? This is a a a sign, a logo of hope and uh, of cheer and patriotism. All of that wrapped up. All that wrapped up into one. There's no disappointment. You're, you're drinking the Kool-Aid again. I thought you said no. you stopped drinking the Kool-Aid. I did. I did. But, you know, when you look at this, right, this America's colors right here, right? Patriotic. This this is who we are, right? We're, we're truly America's team. However, I digress. Wait, let me so, ask you something. Speaking of America's team that you so-called play, what team has had the most viewers watch their team in 2023? Okay, sure if you don't know that answer, what team has had was is that that's had in the slots one, two, and three for the most viewers in a game this year? Slots one, two, and three. Uh, I'm sure you're gonna, I'm sure you're gonna say the one, Jets. Two, three. What I'm sure you're gonna say the Jets. Oh, it is the Jets. It's not I'm not gonna say it's the Jets. Yes, it's, it's a proven fact the Jets are the most watched team. And actually, other announcers outside of the Jets organization, believe it or not, has actually said the Jets are America's team. Because the most they have that. Are watching they the have Jets. that. There's no way. There's no way. Yes, the I heard it. I have heard it. You, you heard it. Say, your ears, you because you wanted no, to no, hear no, that. No, no, because no. I'm telling you that viewers. we're America's team. America had spoken. The Red, Jets, white, and blue. Yeah. No, see, the Jets. They have spoken. We are the most watched team in the NFL. Heck, for what the Chiefs have had Taylor Swift for like six weeks, for, and they're for not what games? One. For what games? When you played the Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, 
and uh, Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs were our three okay. high trades. So, let, so what happened to if you're such America's team and everybody's tuning in to watch it? What happened to no, the Giants? Where, game? Where, where are you guys at? Where are you guys where, at? What happened to the Giants game? Wait, wait. I, I didn't even see you. I didn't see that. No, don't even worry about that. You wait till you play us. You wait till you play Taylor Swift. No, and you, you wait till you play the push to carry you. We you don't need you play the push push. All no, the rest no, of your games no, aren't you even on the aren't even on the list. We got to get with one. that. We're number yeah. one every game. We're number one every game. You're just like the Miami Dolphins. Please, please, you want to take please, credit? Please. <laughs> Talk to me when you crack the top ten. And He's just like the Miami Dolphins. Get out of here with that nonsense. Boo, boo. Hey, don't hate the player, man. A- a- analytic game. Be careful. I can't help it. People don't watch your team. People be don't watch careful. your team. You, you remember what I found before. I forgot all. I forgot all about that. You brought it back. You know what? Remember, two can play a game. I just got to find it. And once I find it, it's over. I'll find it somewhere. I may hit the wrong button and blow this whole thing up. And, right? but, remember, All right. Yeah, All right. So I will I will give credit to, to my boy Stevie D. Came back with, you know, a great idea. Let's do trick-or-treat Wednesday. So, you know, we had we had trick-or-treat yesterday. By the way, do you have uh do you have a lot of kids come to the house, Stevie D? Oh, we did. We actually did. Yeah. We almost ran out of candy for the first time. So what time did they start showing up? Um, right as it was starting getting dark. So I would say 6.30, I think it was around the first bell, 6, 6.30. Yeah, um, I, I get mine around 6 o'clock. It was still light out. I'm like, are you kidding me? But then, it, it, you know, I said that as I was going to the door. When I got to the door, you know, they they were like the, the three or four-year-olds. So I was like, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm thinking, you know, this, this Butterfinger is probably too much for you, kid. Maybe I should keep this, but, you know, I, I went and tossed it in the bag. And then, you know, as it gets darker and later, here, here come the 17, 18-year-olds, trick-or-treat. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what are you dressed up as, a high schooler? <laughs> so, but, right, uh, so let's kick this thing off. Trick-or-treat Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be real simple. We're going to fire some things off. We're going to say trick-or-treat, and, and we'll go off from that. Sound good? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, all and right, to so, all of our viewers, if you're out there, you know, throw something in the chat, you know, answer, you know, reply or answer to uh, what we have here. Go ahead. Go ahead, Stevie. All right. First one, Buffalo Bills, will they win the AFC East? No. Wow. Okay. And let me let me just add to that. The reason why is that our schedule is a little harder than the Dolphins. Um, and... I do believe that the Dolphins will end up winning the division, but the Bills will get in as a wild card. Okay. Wow. All right, your turn. All right. The New York Jets will make the playoffs. Heck, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, America's team. (laughs) There you go. So you just said it. America's team. Okay. Good man. So you know it. Okay. All right, so let's let's do this here. Okay. Uh, Tyreek Tyree Hill, Hill. Will, will, will Tyreek Hill break the all-time single-season receiving yard record? Yes. Okay. I I, I think that that's uh, the way that offense and right now what we have seen is that defenses are not adjusting. 
right? And that's always the problem we have in the NFL are not adjusting. And so uh, the motion that they run, the the freedom that he has, uh, he'll break the record. Okay, uh, for you, CVD, Bill Belichick will get fired at season's end. No, I do not. Ooh. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they'll do it. I think yeah, the money that they just paid him, I don't. I don't think they're ready to pull that pull that trigger. You know, hold on. Will Bill Belichick, the coach, get fired at season's end? Wow. Will Bill fire Bill? Um, no, I'm going to say no. Okay. Will Will Bill the GM get fired or? moved out as GM. That's a possibility. That is a, a very strong possibility that they do that. Um, but my my gut is telling me behind the scenes, they are going to, and to me, it, it, <laughs> but I would say this is a, um, this is a trick. He will not, um, he will not be fired. I, I think him and Kraft will get behind the scenes and say, look, Bill, I'm not going to do you dirty. Um, but, um, you, you have one more year. If we don't turn the ship around, I'm going to ask you to step down okay. or you're going to step down for the organization. I'm not going to fire you. You're going to step down. That's okay. what I think is going to happen. Um, Josh Allen league MVP. No, no, that that's a trick. Um, there, there, there's hate on Josh. There, there is true hate in the league on Josh. Uh, and I'm not saying that because I'm emotional or anything like that. Um, you looked at the game against the Bucks. You know, they're like, oh, Josh threw another interception. Like, he didn't really – yes, it goes against him as an interception. But you, do you give credit to Winfield for deflecting the pass that then goes way up in the air and is caught by a defensive lineman? You, you know what I call that? You know what I call that, right? I, I'm, I'm calling for the NFL to come up with a new stat. It's called Tint. T-I-N-T. Tipped interception. interception. Right? I'm good with that. Right? right? I'm good with that. Because it's not the quarterback's fault on, on a tip. Not all – some of them are. If it, you know, if you, Again, if you throw it into a lineman, possibly you, you can look that way. But when you get deflections, that, that's hard. It, it's it, hard. It is. Right? Especially off a receiver's it, hands. And you, 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 watch, you watch any of these shows, you know, and they're talking about, oh, Josh threw another interception. Well, yeah, it goes against him as an interception. But it wasn't like a bad decision, bad pass interception, right? Yeah. But so, as long as that negativity keeps coming, there's he's got no shot for MVP. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers returns this year for the Jets. Uh, treat. I, I think he does come back. Um, but the, the only caveat is it, it's really up to the Jets uh, players to keep him in contention. If they're not in contention for a playoff spot, I, I don't care if he's ready to go. You can't play him because it means nothing to play him this year. Yep. Risk first reward of playing him. John Gruden. John Gruden returned to the NFL as Raiders coach. Recoup some of that money. No. No. <laughs> not, 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 not after after those emails got leaked. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> that is a wrap. Uh, and then the last one we have, we 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 both will. Stefan Diggs finished with a thousand receiving yards. That's yeah. a treat. Yeah, yeah. That that. If he doesn't, cool. everybody needs to get fired. I put it that way. All right. Next one, uh, and these are really our midseason award projections, right? Where we are now. 
Um, we both go at these DVD. Christian McCaffrey, oh, yeah. NFL MVP. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he's yeah. scoring touchdowns every game. I uh, just broke that record. I, I don't see the 49ers not continuing that streak through the remainder of the year, unless he's hurt. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I, I think right now he, he's he got the lead. That lead, he is so far gone past the rest of the pack. They, there's, there's no way he's not getting that. Uh, AFC Offensive Player of the Year, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, again, I, I don't see a problem with that one. Um, I, I think uh, after the first couple of games, um, they've gotten into a rhythm with Lamar, and uh, and he and he's balling out. So good for Lamar. Craig, if you're still out there, that's your guy over there in Baltimore. So, um, yeah, I, I do think he's offensive player of the year. Rob says Hill or Tua. Interesting. Um, I will say this on Tariq Hill, right? We've seen it just like when Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards. We, we've seen it in the past where the skill position players will have a great year, but that quarterback always finds a way um, to get it. And I think what's going on in Baltimore, especially they, they Lamar is playing at a much higher level than he was in the previous two years, I'll say, right? Maybe healthy, maybe scheme but they're still relatively in the same scheme, just some better playmakers, I, I think it would go to Lamar. Well, and, and, and Rob, if you think we're going to put a Miami Dolphin up on that screen, you're nuts. Yeah. Right? So there, it would happen just on that. So you could be correct, but we're not going to put that name up there. Heck no. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. NFC Offensive Player of the Year. Um, I have McCaffrey with the with the with the double double. I don't think he'll get the double double. I think it's hard to get the double double. I, I truly do. Believe it is. It's hard to get the double double. It is. Who that is? I don't know right now because I there's not right now he's there. Um, I don't see anybody right now that I look at and say okay they would do it, but you know, we got 10 games left in the season. So, or, or nine, well, depending on where you are. And, and you're right, right. This is typically the consolation prize for the MVP. Right. 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 So, you know, fair point. Um, AFC defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. Yeah. Miles Garrett uh, is, is right now playing at the highest of elite levels in the AFC. Yep. I would agree. And then NFC Defensive Player of the Year, uh, I have Aiden Hutchinson. Um, Micah Parsons has slowed down a hair. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was that the first few weeks of the year. He has slowed down. You know, with uh, I forget where Dallas is in their games played. You know, they're at nine or ten games left in the year. Um, I, I think uh, I, I think I think Micah can make a run back at it because he's that special a talent. But yeah, I can see Aiden right now. He's been a little bit more consistent through the through the season. Well, and not only that, if the Lions continue, which we talked about their schedule uh, on a previous podcast, that schedule is very light, right? They they're they're going to end up with thirteen or fourteen victories, um, and <laughs> you know they're they're going to be the toast of the town because the whole worst to first, the whole biting kneecaps, right? All of that is going to come into play, and they're going to have to find a way to give a lion something, right? Jared Goff's going to be in the MVP 
consideration. As bad as he is, he is not an MVP quarterback, right? But he'll be there because that schedule is so weak. Right, right. You, you're just gonna have to, and so I do think. And plus, Aiden is deserving. Don't get me wrong, right? He is absolutely deserving. But if it, if it gets close, he he's gonna get that, and that's gonna be the nudge for him. Right. So, all right, CBD. Thank you for that. That was that yeah. was good. So, um, let let's let's break down. Look, I don't know which one I want to start with first because there's a lot to go into both. Not good. Not good, right? Um, Honestly, I don't. I, we'll start. Let's start with the Jets um, because mm. it, I'm not going to spend as much time uh, on breaking down this game because this was arguably the worst NFL football game I've ever witnessed. Um, it was uh, when you score, when you hit, when you punt, when both teams punt more than you score points. That is never a good sign. Uh, the punters win 24-23 versus the players. Um, that should never happen in an NFL football game. So, you know, I just real quick rec- rapid reaction. I talked about a little bit earlier. Unacceptable third down play. Two of 18, one coming on a penalty. You can't have that. Unacceptable. Sorry, you're, you're a professional football team. I don't, I don't care about the weather conditions. Uh, lack of discipline. The one drive that the Giants had for a touchdown. Why don't we just give them go from the, the 25 to the goal line in penalties? That was a joke, right? You can say it's questionable on Quincy Williams. But Quincy Williams, I'm sorry, and Robert Solid kind of defended it. It's not defendable. He used the forearm to the head. Can't do it. I don't have a problem that the guy was dropping down low and, and you came in and made the tackle, but you can't do this. Sorry. That doesn't work that way. Quincy, sometimes as fast as good he is, he plays with his head down. Can't do it. Um, again, watching the All-22, what doesn't work for the New York Jets is trips or bunch formations with our receivers. Holy cow, we cannot get out of our own way. Um, it's like a, 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 a crowded highway. You're in traffic. It does not work. Jets, when you go and watch the tape, I counted at least 12 plays in those type of formations, and they had one positive play out of it. Okay? It doesn't work. Hack it. Please take a look at that. When we line up wide all the way to the side and have one guy in the slot that's more closer to the wide receiver than he is to the, to the tackle box, those formations work in the passing game for the New York Jets. Let's take a look at the tape. Right. I'm not saying you can do that every time, but we're talking about winnable formations. Those bunch formations in every which way does not work. Uh, pocket awareness. Zach, I know you had a ton of pressure, but when you feel the pressure on your backside and you're rolling out, can you can you can you move a little bit faster for me, please? OK, move a little bit faster. You had some killer sacks and killer spots of the game. And you got lucky that you got bailed out because you had one on fourth down. That's inexcusable for an NFL quarterback to have. Inexcusable. Fourth down, you have got to throw the ball. Right. And it's not like the pressure was in your face where you just didn't have time, right? Even if you fallen back and you just threw it up, sometimes when that pressure comes right in your face, dude, he had time to look. And then he felt the pressure, and that's why he was kind of escaped. But he was kind of like, Okay, I'm gonna dude. You got Thibodeau on your backside, dude. He's fast. Can you move? So again, no parking awareness. Gotta figure that out. It's gotta be better. Steve, Stevie D, let's stay there for a minute because we've talked about not just Zach, we've talked about all quarterbacks, right? And there's those that do and those that don't. And the ones that do are the benefactors of pass interference, defensive holding, roughing the passer. Right, you're you're getting those calls 
Plus, if it doesn't work out, at worst, it's an incomplete pass, or maybe it's a punt, right? You, you get something. There's positive out of that. You take the sack, and why these quarterbacks lack that awareness, and that's where you have pocket awareness, why they lack that awareness is beyond me. Like, there there was – so I, what I may say says I'm talking out of both sides, Okay. The one thing I liked about Zach is that he's trying to give pocket passing an opportunity, right? Jet fans know in his first couple of years, as soon as he felt a little pressure, he would run backwards by about 12 to 15 yards and then kind of bubble out to the sideline to buy more time to throw it downfield. And you say, man, you, you got to step up in the pocket and deliver the football, right? As soon as you get a little bit of pressure, you can't run out like a scared baby, run back 12 yards and outrun everybody to the, to the outside. So where I'm going with it is when we talk about no pocket awareness, he's trying to make a throw from the pocket, even if he's sliding just a hair. But if you're sliding and you know that pressure's coming, you got to run out of there because the guys from the backside, one, you can't see it, and it's prone for a fumble, which happened on one play. But just get out of that. You're not running back 15 yards. You're just running parallel to the line of scrimmage. Get out so the guy from behind is not on top of you so you can deliver a ball either out of bounds live for another play, or you find a receiver that's cutting back across to give you some help. Uh, again, killed us um, in, in tough tough spots there in, in the fourth quarter. It's got to be better. 70% uh, pressure, dropbacks. Jet fans are killing Zach Wilson. All I can say is, look, I'm with you in the heat of the battle. I, I texted you. I was, I was not happy, right? Because when you're watching it live and you, you're just frustrated. Fortunately for me, I have the ability to watch the game in silent mode and in game mode. And I watched it quite a few times and it's not, it's not old Zach, right? You, you got to have time and, and 70% pressures were a killer. I mean, Dexter Lawrence had 15 pressures alone uh, tied for the most in NFL history. Okay. Just let that sink in there with that. So they had so many pressures on him that it's not all Zach Wilson's fault. Um, also there was eight, Eight that hit the hands, five that were catchable. Out of that five, one of them was I ran a pass before the first down marker. So it's considered a drop, but it doesn't matter to me because it wasn't a first down anyway. It's a three-yard pass play. We run a two-yard pass play. I, I don't know what our tight end Cochran was thinking on that play. But mm -hmm. um, you know, again, catch the ball. I mean, that's the biggest thing you can help the quarterback at, right? You got to catch the ball. But what's not on this uh, rapid reaction, and I won the call out a particular player, is a gentleman named Xavier Newman. He was We signed him from the practice squad on Saturday and never thought in a million years that he would have been used in the game. Not only was he used in the game, he came in to play guard, and then he was asked to go play center. Now, mind you, he's never played center ever in his life. Okay, Never done it. And, yes, the first snap was a fumble, right? They didn't get to practice with each other. So I don't I don't care about a fumble there. I don't care there was a fumble lost. Right? It happened. But that young man stepped in. Yes, he has NFL experience, but never a center. To step in that environment. And after one shotgun snap was a little high on that, on that next possession, we're like, uh-oh, right? Dude, that guy was lights out. Did he give up pressures up the center? Sure he did. But you know what? Kudos to that guy for stepping in in that situation 
and solidifying that because that easily could have been a train wreck. And it wasn't. I actually thought he was – He was, you know, we talked about it on that slide. It was game MVP of the punter and the kicker, right? You got Morstead and Zerline. Let me tell you, Newman is the game MVP because yeah. without a center, without a guy snapping the ball, we lose that football game, right? Giants may have lost their quarterback, but they could snap it to the to the quarterback to hand it off to Saquon all day, and they almost won the game. Without a center, we, we don't win that football game. So really kudos to Xavier Newman to step in and, and do the job that he did uh, is incredible. Uh, just uh, he had to be on cloud nine at the end of the game, right? I can just imagine sure. the love that the players gave him. Um, you want to talk about getting a game ball. He absolutely yeah. got a game ball, right? Yeah. And he was the savior of that game because let me tell you something, they just lose that football game. That's a disaster. And we deserve to lose that game, right? But let me so, tell you something. In history, we have lost many games that way. We should have won and we didn't. We finally got one, team. We finally got one. And that was this. So my rapid reaction to your game, I think I told you, Brian Dable lost that game for the Giants. And I I don't read the New York media, so I, and, and I don't hear – you, you may have heard more, right? I don't know if you get Giants into your Jets. But let me tell you something. He did a disservice to the Giants as a whole when Tyrod went down. Yeah. The second half, to not pass the ball at all, at all, was absolutely mind-boggling. You, you – I know you'd have no faith in this kid, but first of all, if you have no faith in this kid, what's he doing on your roster? Yes, he's your third quarterback, but what's he doing on your roster? Second of all, you already knew that Danny Dimes was going to be out, and you knew Tyrod was going to be your starter, and you knew this kid was going to be your backup. What was he doing? Do you mean to tell me in every single practice you just handed the ball off to Saquon and said, we're good, right? So you blew it there. And not to say that he would have been efficient and been able to do an 80-yard drive, but let me tell you something. You throw one or two passes, maybe the Jets loosen up a little bit, right, as far as not keying on Saquon. The next one goes, Stevie D. You've decided that you're just going to run Saquon, and you accept the winning of the toss instead of playing a field position battle. You know you're not going to drive 70 yards for a touchdown, which means you're going for the field goal. But if the Jets, if you say you kick the field goal, say Saquon runs for 40 yards and you end up kicking a field goal, the Jets have a chance to come back down and kick a field goal or kick, get the touchdown. Horrible decision to, to take the ball and to receive on that toss. Go ahead. To, to add to your point, if you kick the ball off to the Jets – and there's a turnover, right? A fumbled snap. You have the ball in plus territory right off the bat. Yes. If the Jets go down and kick a field goal, you there's not you can't have a feeling the Jets are going to score a touchdown because they really, except for the one Brees Hall play, they to, weren't scoring it, a touchdown. It's, it's right? too late. Right. It, it's so, too late. And, and they I don't give them credit for that because they blew it on the field. Dable blew it. I mean, but, we, but, we give Dable credit all the time as Bills fans for, you know, all the work that he did. In this game, he blew it. Yeah. Go ahead, Stevie. So, so, so where I was going with it is 
is if the Jets score a field goal and they kick it, as they kick a field goal, at the end of the day, Brian Dable and his staff know I have four plays to work with to get a first down. I have four plays, not three. Because I That's have just to score. four runs. That's four runs. <laughs> right. But 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 if it's four runs, it's still four runs to get 10 yards. Maybe sure. you do pitches, tosses, misdirections, whatever the counters. Or maybe, I don't know, you do play action because you sucked them all in because you ran 40 straight play. Whatever the case may be, if you kick it off, I don't have confidence the Jets are going to score a touchdown. So that means they're going to kick a field goal or they're going to punt. If they punt, then it's three plays, not four plays. But if they kick a field goal, at least you know you have four plays to work with. I'm with you. They should have kicked it off. The so, fourth and one play. Okay, go ahead. The fourth and one play, I thought Dable was wrong. And people were saying he needed to kick the field goal. There is no way I'm kicking the field goal. One, I'm not risking a block, a bad snap, something odd happening that a guy can bring it back to the house. Okay? Uh, and two – if I don't get it with a run play, they have the ball at the 18-yard line, okay, with no timeouts. Um, and if I get the first down, the game's over. Trust my team to get one yard. I got Saquon Barkley, my offensive line. Obviously, they ran for almost, you know, 200 yards in the game. I'm going to – because they already shown that they can rush the ball. It's not like the Jets only gave up 60 yards rushing. I would have ran the ball. I would absolutely want to went for the first down. Winners – Go for it for the win. They go for the jugular. You don't give that. You don't give that opportunity back to the other team to win it. And that's to me between winning football and losing football. And Dable deserved to lose that football game because he didn't go for the jugular. He had it. Well, and I'll give you one more. It just this has been bugging me, and I know that this was your game. In overtime, you say we're going to receive. Okay, now you decide you're going to mix it up. But do you really mix it up? You don't have this kid look anywhere except for in the flat to Saquon. So the whole thing was Saquon. First down, swing pass to Saquon. Well, everybody's keying. So then you went to first and 20. And the swing pass to Saquon. They're keying on Saquon. Second down, swing pass to Saquon. They're keying on Saquon. Third play is the screen pass to Saquon in the middle, and they're keying on Saquon. At some point, you have to say, you know what, all bets are off. You know, look for whoever's open if you, you know, try to make the pass. Saquon's not getting out of this. And, and that's why I put it all on Dable. I really Dable do. got nervous because his first pass by DeVito was almost picked by Jordan Whitehead. Yes. And then I think it was like, uh oh, we can't let this kid throw it. And we talked about this. By not throwing the ball, you made yourself one dimensional. Everybody's yes. now up front. Now, yes. if Saquon is able to get past that level, he's gone for a touchdown. But you 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 basically you made your team one dimensional and you went back to the old school high school football where a coach doesn't throw the ball, they're just gonna run it. Yeah, and so exactly yeah, Dable Dable definitely lost that um, uh, lost that game. All right, so now this week you guys uh, have the Chargers. We do, um, and um, um, sorry, just responding to somebody. Um, so I honestly, two plus two turnovers, right? Chargers got offense. I know we got a defense. 
but we got to we got to be plus two. We got to take the ball out of their hands, give it, give us opportunity, more opportunities to score than they do. So give us the plus two. Convert on third down. I don't know. It's a novel, novel ask. <laughs> uh, I I'm not asking for seventy percent, guys, but uh, anything more than seventeen percent, please, would be great. Uh, actually, we were under. We were under 10 uh, – we were at like 11% last game. So um, convert on third down, please. And and honestly, we got to be able to throw the ball downfield. I know there was weather, but Jesus, can we throw the ball downfield um, and, and stretch these guys out wider and go downfield? So those are my, my three keys there. Um, I do think that Dave defense is going to play their game and keep us in. Um, scenarios to watch <laughs> – Joey Bosa versus Mac, Max Mitchell. Um, I think uh, that that is something to watch. Again, Zach and the Jets on third down. We're going up against the worst passing defense in the NFL. They average 297 yards per game. That's correct. I, I fact-checked myself. It's 297 after eight weeks. If we cannot throw the ball against this Chargers defense, we're in a lot of trouble the rest, the rest of the year. So I, I'm looking for the Jets wide receivers to get some cushion, get some passing, get some receiving yards, get some yak. I uh, expect Wilson to be to be better. And and other scenario for me, the last one is: can we get somewhat creative? Can can we? We're boring. We run these these boring formations. Um, are we're we're not innovative. We're not creative. Um, and, and Hackett, you got to do something. Let this kid run the offense, good or bad. At the end of the day, uh, I, Salah, we talked about this, Vince, right? We talked about defense, and the defensive-minded coaches don't want the turnovers because they're all focused. Let my defense win the game. Let my defense win the game. The problem with that scenario is when you need your offense to score 30 freaking points because you're in a shootout because your defense did falter. Our offense can't produce because they don't know what it's like to throw the ball downfield and get aggressive with play calling. And when you treat your, your quarterback with kick gloves, you're going to get that. And so you, you got to take the reins off. Look what they did against the Chiefs. The Chiefs actually statistically have a very good defense this year. When they let the kid play, that was one of your first comments, right, when we played the Chiefs. Wow, look at what the kid did when you let him throw the ball and you let him run an offense like a true offense. Can we do that, please? And let's see what happens. This is the week to do it. Because statistically, against the past, they are the worst. Right. So no excuses today, this week. Let's let's get it done, right? And hopefully it's not a monsoon. All right, Stevie D. Um, as we look at the look at the Bills, I I I, would, I do want to talk about the Buck game or the Bucks game uh, because all of a sudden, for the first half, we saw a return back to normalcy. Right. Um, we had, you know, Josh running. We had Josh sliding. Right. We had Gabe Davis making catches. We had Khalid Shakir making catches. We had Kincaid making catches. Actually, kind of waiting going down the list because Diggs wasn't even there because they were focused on, on everybody else. It, it was a good offensive game plan. Uh, they were at faster tempo, right? Running a little yeah, hurry up, yeah. no huddle, right? I'm I'm not always in favor of of the no huddle, right? What we had back with Kelly and the K gun, I'm not saying you have to replicate that, but there was more creativity, and maybe it was because Josh had greater input. 
But then all of a sudden the second half came. And with that second half, you started to see things start to go down and down, right? And all of a sudden, it it was reminiscent of the Jet game. I'm going to be honest with you. Where a game that you should have had control, you didn't. And then next thing you know, you find yourself hoping and praying. And for us, we had the good fortune that the Hail Mary was incomplete. It goes back to Sean McDermott. It goes back to what you just said, right? These defensive coaches, right, want to all of a sudden get uber conservative, right? And you stop doing what you're supposed to be doing. I always put up on the slide since we've been doing this, play 60, Play 60 minutes. Let the offense play 60 minutes. Obviously, they're not going to play the full 60, but play the full game, right? Play your offensive scheme. You Maybe you get to the last four minutes of the game, and you know now you get conservative because you're trying to drain the clock. But we weren't in that. We had multiple fourth and shorts where we decided that we were going to punt. In plus territory, Stevie D. Now, granted, you know, we had some you – know, good job by the kicker. Right, because I think they started inside their five or inside the ten like four times, right? So that's good. Kudos. But instead of them starting inside the ten or starting inside the five, maybe we convert and we have a first down. Right. Are you saying that you're so nervous and so afraid that your offense can't gain an extra yard? We're not going up against the, the 85 Bears defense. We're not going up against the 90s Ravens defense. Right. This this is the the 2023 Todd Bowles Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense. We should be able to get these yards. You got Josh. What the interesting is, I thought in years past, he would have went for it. Yeah. Maybe three years ago, right? It just seemed and like it, the people high flying with the offensive plays, like fourth and two, fourth and four. Like, I mean, there was times I remember going up against you guys. I'm like, oh, they're going to go for it, right? They're it, in that territory where – you, you're going to go go for it. Um, and, and these these were the the. I mean, you had, you didn't have to worry about crowd noise. I mean, you, you had everything was there for you, and you just got conservative. They, this this conservative mindset is, is becoming an albatross around our neck, right? If we can't play sixty, because you're so worried about something bad happening, and now putting your defense. Right. Again, remember your defense, because you're the defensive coordinator, putting your defense into a tough situation. Right. Then all of a sudden, the 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 dynamic has shifted. There's an imbalance there. And that's what we saw before. And it was good to see what happened in the first half. But that's going to that went away in the second half. And it goes back to McDermott. And again, I harp on it. Right. McDermott cannot wear two hats. And really, he's wearing three hats, DVD, because quiet is kept. He's got the offensive coordinator hat on over here, controlling what Dorsey does. He's got his defensive coordinator hat, and he's got the head coach hat. You can't do that. You have got to put the people in that position who you feel comf- confident and comfortable in running what they're supposed to run. And then you as the leader, you kind of give that direction. Go ahead. Go ahead. When you were up 24-10, I sent you a note. I said, oh, you're in control of this one, right? And I really thought when you were up 24-10, and it was around maybe, 
11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, I'm saying to myself, all right, they're, they're going to knock them out. And they're going to make it 31-10, and this game is done. And then and then all of a sudden it was, it was you didn't do that. You didn't go for the knockout. You didn't go for the kill shot. And Tampa Bay gets that touchdown at the end of the game, right, with like what, 244 left in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and, and they and make it, was it a, a game. It was a lucky touchdown. It bought a great catch. By but Evans. again, it goes to when you let a team believe and they have a shot, those things will happen, right? And Instead that's, of that's with 11 said, minutes left in the game, going for the kill shot, you have all the weapons in the world to go for the kill shot. You didn't exactly. The kill shot. You let a, a team hang around exactly. and get the lucky touchdown, and then what happens? Oh, my and that, God. And that's, that's why I compared it, compared it to your Jets game, right? Because – we were going back and forth after the Rodgers injury. We were going back and forth, and it just didn't feel right. You're kicking field goals, but it didn't feel right because you never really said, we're going to take over this game, and we're going to own this game here. And then the, you had the Wilson touchdown, and then everything goes goes sideways. They, We've seen a history. We've seen a history. And it to you, you asked during our trick or treat, are we going to win the division? You keep coaching like that, you keep making decisions like that, you will forever be the second-place team. If you want to be the winner, if you want to be the leader, then you have got to be more aggressive, you have to have more faith, and you have to make the right calls. And right now you're not making the right calls. The biggest call you want to make is calling a timeout to readjust when you don't need to call a timeout. You are the king of timeouts, and it is really – that 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 really bugs me, Stevie D. That one really does. The other thing uh, I want to talk about because you hear everybody talking about eleven personnel, twelve personnel, and you you look at you know we had the the injuries with the with the two tight ends being out, and so really it was Kincaid, and so now you're kind of forced to run eleven personnel, and everybody's saying, oh look at what happened, right? Now now we're able to have a more up tempo offense, but you know, again, I go back to it's not the 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 eleven or twelve personnel. It's the scheme and the way that you use the players, right? It's not that Gabe Davis is only set to be a certain route runner because he can't run routes. All of a sudden, Gabe Davis is running bubble screens. All of a sudden, Gabe Davis is running slants. Gabe Davis is part of the RPO, right? Gabe Davis scheme. is getting me fantasy points. <laughs> well, there, there you go, right? It's how you scheme to use Gabe Davis, how you scheme to use Shakir, how you scheme to use Stefan Diggs, right? You, you you don't see Diggs going to the slot. You don't see a lot of motion. Or if you do run motion, you run motion and then the guy sets up, right? Look at Miami. Miami runs motion and the guy is still running to try to catch up at the snap of the ball. When, I haven't seen us do that, right? We did it one time and it was for a touchdown against the Giants. When Hardy went in motion, cut back, snapped the ball, and he was gone, right? He didn't set in place. I don't see these things. That That's the creativity. That's the innovation. That's the, the aggressive type play calling that we're looking for. And, again, it doesn't matter the personnel. You, you have tight ends. Uh, truth be told, Dalton Kincaid is not ready for, to be an inline blocking tight end. He's not, right? He doesn't have enough beef on him yet, NFL beef on him. But he is good for the slot, which is what they said he was supposed to be. So if you had Knox as your inline tight end and Kincaid in the slot, are you are you in twelve personnel? Or are you are you in eleven? Right. 
right? It, it just so the scheme. I go back to the scheme, and 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 I'm going to focus on that. But the last thing that that I want to talk about is everybody was talking about pass interference on the Godwin Hail Mary. Uh, everybody wants to say the league is fixed, right? Well, was it pass interference? Yes. It's freaking Hail Mary. Yes. What with that? Yes, it was, right? <laughs> but you can watch every single Hail Mary, right? I remember when Green Bay, when Rodgers threw it to Rodney Rodgers with Green Bay, right? Threw it way up in the air, right? And everybody's like, oh, that's the greatest pass in the world. Yeah, but so it was also knocking the DB down, right? Clearing out, boxing out like you're in basketball so you can get your space to be able to catch the ball. There's pass interference on every single Hail every Mary. Hail Mary, yes. Right? They're so, not gonna I, call. That's the one play they're not going to call. They didn't no. call it in the what, uh, which I think it was an illegal play anyway. But the Giants playoff game against the 49ers, right? I, I, I think it was an illegal man downfield or something like that anyway. So the guy wasn't eligible for pass interference, but they weren't going to call it on that either. It's just, it, it's not called. Right. If somebody has the guts to call it and there's now a precedence, then maybe they'll call it more down the road. But at the end of the day, it's a free for all. And honestly, if the Bills didn't do that play, shame on them because I'd rather be called for the PI and make them call the PI than yes. allow them to put it be in a yes. position to catch that yes. play. Because worst case scenario, it's first down at the one and you still got to make a play. So absolutely. absolutely. The Bills defense did exactly what they needed to do. You couldn't coach it any better. They sandwiched the one guy. Who was it? Mike Evans? Yep. Right, I mean that poor guy, right? And then Godwin, they spun around, and oh well. And Godwin turned around a second too late. And I don't want to hear anything from the Bucks fans because in Hell Marys, your team does the same thing. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. So yeah. if you're Crazy. upset, don't be. I wouldn't be upset that it wasn't called. You have to be upset that the league has not told the officials you have to call it. You have to call it. If it's there, you have to call it. But the league doesn't do it. So if the league doesn't be, be, upset, league with Todd, be upset with Todd Bowles and him punting when he shouldn't have when he shouldn't have been punting. Be upset with that. Stevie D, I do want to take a quick segue, if we could. Yeah. So the segue I want to take is um <coughs> excuse me. You know, down here in Tampa, I I have complained about. Uh, the food, I've complained about the pizza, I've complained about a whole lot of things going on. And thank you to our Facebook groups, thank you to our Instagram groups. I was put on to this place called 7-1, the, that 716 Pizza Joint. I was like, oh, I got to check this out. So perfect time, you know, late start, per, uh, you know, on the Thursday night game. So I head over to... Uh, that 716 pizza joint start talking to Phil, the owner. He's talking about his roots in Buffalo. You know, we're going back and forth. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Stevie D, I felt like I was back home when I had the pizza. It, it, it was it was great, right? It was the greatest thing in the world. Not only did they have the pizza, they had the chicken finger sub, which I've been dying for a chicken finger sub, and they know how to make it, right? All these other places, I've resigned my fact but my, I've resigned the fact of having a 
buffalo chicken sandwich, right? It, that That's not a chicken finger sub, right? I went to some other places. They're like, oh, we have a buffalo chicken sub. That's not a chicken finger sub. This was, right? And so I was talking to Phil and, you know, you know, we, again, just sharing some, some stories. Go Bills, go Sabres. They had TVs on with, with games. I was like, oh, this place is a little piece of heaven. Only problem for me, it's a little bit of a drive. So, you know, I, I kind of have to plan and coordinate. Well, going all the way up to the 716 is a long drive, man. It, it, it is, right? And so Phil is in Lakeland. So for me, you know, yeah. it's still a little bit of a haul. Phil, if you had one a little closer. Yeah, hey, if you want to talk about franchising, Phil, <laughs> let's let's talk about franchising. Vince is trying to get me back to Florida. So maybe we can do something with a franchise. But what I did talk to him about Stevie D, right? And actually, he brought it up. You know, maybe we may go on location. We may go on location. So, you know, am I, I flying to... in for that episode? You can, you can, you know, and we'll we'll figure it out. But I told him I'd give him a call. But I I still I told him I'd give him a shout out because uh, the food was excellent and it just it brought back the 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 memories, right? And so. Um, you know, kudos to Phil and to the crew there. Everybody was real nice. Um, everybody rocking their, their Bills gear because we are America's team. But everybody's rocking their Bills gear. And so, you know, it's a good place. Now, uh, with that being said, Stevie D, let me talk about this week. This this week, this is a big week. And, and you know, we knew it was an important game when the, when the schedule came out. Little did we know how important of a game this is, right? Losing to you guys um, and, you know, losing to Jacksonville, those are big losses for us, right? We have conference losses, but losing to you is a division loss. Losing to New England, division loss. Losing to Jacksonville, a conference loss. We can ill afford any other losses, especially in the AFC. And now we're talking about the Bengals. And, and, you know, they started off slow with Burrow being hurt, right? And now that he seemed to have gotten a little healthy, they've seemed to get back on track. And that, and now we're going up against them. And I hate to say we're going back to the scene of the crime, but we're, we're, going, we're going back to where it all started, right? And everybody knows what I'm talking about. This is, this is the, the stadium where DeMar had um, – had that accident there on the field, right? And you know, we're we're all thankful the way that things turned out. We're thankful for for the medical staff, for the first responders, for uh, the folks at the University of Cincinnati, everybody working right uh, oh around the clock, and all the thoughts and prayers and everything able to give Demar the strength to you know eventually come out of the hospital, eventually to kind of have himself deemed okay to play, have himself to be able to take the field. And, you know, he's been inactive for a few games this year. He has played in a couple, um, but to be able to be back on a roster, you know, kudos to everybody there, but we're headed back. Right. And the first thing that, that goes through my mind is what is going through the minds of the other 53 guys, right? There's some guys that weren't on the team last year, but you got a lot of the guys on that team that were taking that knee. A lot of guys on that team had tears coming down their face, right? A lot of guys on that team were in, in shock of what was happening. 
And now you go back, right? And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that those thoughts, those memories, um, even though I know as soon as you walk through the door, it's going to hit you. But when you take the field, that goes away. Um, and, and then you get past that. And then I get to my rage. Stevie D, I, I was looking for the video clip from that playoff game. And if any of our viewers saw that podcast that we had, um, I was quite animated uh, in, in one particular aspect of that game last year. And that was because we were getting beat up on our offensive line and getting beat up on our defensive line, right? The game, no matter what style you play, Mike McDaniels, you know, just running all over the place pre-snap, you know, if, if we're talking about Josh and, you know, his, his mobility, you look at the West Coast that's being run, no matter where you go, at the end of the day, there's still one basic concept. You have got to win the trenches, right? Your offensive line has got to be better than their defensive line. Your defensive line has got to be better than their offensive line. Once you get past that, right, then everything else that you do, however, the schemes, the personnel, whatever, then that goes into effect. And what happened last year is that we got smacked around. We got punched in the face. We got pushed all over, right? It was like a varsity playing JV or a varsity playing freshman. They were abusing us last year. And the the whole focus this year was to make sure that that didn't happen again. And unfortunately, Stevie D, <laughs> not to that extent of last year in the playoff game, but I have seen – for periods and stretches of time where we're still getting manhandled at the line of scrimmage. And that's very concerning. I hope I don't have to come on next week's podcast and basically redo and resubmit what I did last year. Right. But let, let's, let me go to, let me go to, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is really a game of games. This could be your season right here. Because you still have tough games left in the season, right? It, you it, haven't absolutely. hit your tough stretch yet, right? And so if, if – I'm not going to say, but if you're five and four – You're absolutely right. It, it's, a, it's a tough run. It's kind of like what you said earlier about winning the division. Like you don't think you're going to win the division and you're fighting for a wild card in your, in your view. If, if this game doesn't go the direction in which Buffalo wants it to go – it's a really an uphill battle uh, for Buffalo the rest of the way because you, you don't have a lot – you don't have too many gimme games, right? That, that That's exactly right. And, and yeah, that, that's exactly right. So, anyways, we go to the keys to the victory. Again, forget about returning to the scene, right? Let wipe that away. That's hard. Harder said than done. Absolutely. Uh, return to aggressive play calling. Right. Again, I talked about first half. We were aggressive. We were creative. We were we were looking at players who we never I didn't even know that there was a guy named Shakir on our squad. Never saw him before at all. Right. Who who is this guy running across? Right. Then I realized I was like, oh yeah, he's been there all along. We just never threw to him. Right. So now we got him. Gabe Davis didn't realize that Gabe Davis could run across the middle. Lo and behold, he did that, right? So be aggressive in the play calling. Be aggressive with, with James Cook. Be aggressive with Dalton Kincaid. Did you know, Stevie D, that a tight end can do more than just running a five-yard out? Did not know this, right? Dude, he looked yeah. really good last week. 
Yeah, well, he did, right? And, you know, from all that I saw that Dorsey was calling, Kincaid would just run a five-yard out. And, I, and in my mind, I was like, oh, that's what the tight – that's why we drafted this guy was to run a five-yard out. But lo and behold, there was this whole new game plan, right? Kincaid's running seam, pass, seam patterns and catching the ball and being able to go, right? He was down the field on Josh's – which was, I didn't even talk about this, but where Josh was rolling out, right, previously had run for a first down, all of a sudden now he rolls out, the linebacker comes up because all of a sudden he's like, oh, I got to stop Josh from running. Kincaid wide open catches his first touchdown, right? Be aggressive in the play column. I go back to being physical at the line of scrimmage, not going to rehash that. Don't want to see that happen again, what happened last year. And again, play 60. Again, talked about that earlier. Got to play 60 minutes on both sides of the ball, right? Don't stop McDermott. And then what to watch for, it, you know, will be, you know, the Bills secondary versus the Bengals wide receivers, right? Um, I know we talked about the Rasul uh, Douglas. Um, I don't know if he's going to make it in time to even be able to play. Uh, hopefully he does, but um, it definitely going up against, Jamar Chase and Higgins, you know, they, they have a stable of wide receivers that we're going to have to be aware of and that we're going to have to control. Um, I, I'm curious about Von Miller, Stevie D. When I look at Von Miller, okay, you've gone through your training camp games now, right? Uh, you, you, are you fully healthy to be able to play? We saw, we saw a little acrobatic, you know, unfortunately wasn't able to bring Baker down but a little acrobatic type move that he made. So maybe that's good. Maybe that also checks a box as far as eliminating questions of what your body can and cannot do. Uh, but would like to see Vaughn, you know, slowly in, but a little faster than slow, get back to the Von Miller. We know that is quote unquote, the closer. And then lastly is uh, what to watch for Ken Dursey, Sean McDermott. I, I, I've said it countless times tonight. Uh, and, and that's really talking about stay aggressive throughout the duration of the game, right? Sean, don't worry about that. Worry about your defense. Let Ken worry about the offense. Ken be creative. Leverage all the players on that offensive side, and, and we can be successful. Now, this is, this is going to be a great game. No matter what, this is going to be a great game, Stevie D. We have a host of great games. We're going to get to our picks in a minute. Uh, but it, it's on paper, the, these are two of the top teams, elite teams in the AFC, yeah. if not the NFL, right? Squaring off, you know, you're going back. You, you, it, it's everything that you could hope for. And so I'm just hoping that, you know, with the extended time, and maybe that's the benefit for Buffalo. Playing on Thursday, right? having the mini buy coming into this game. Yeah. So, Agreed. So, so we'll see. So, uh, Stevie D, let, let's move on to our picks. Um, and as we go to our picks, I did not highlight it. I probably should have highlighted Stevie D. Uh, once we get past this game of Tennessee-Pittsburgh, which will be interesting, but um, I see you went with Tennessee. You're going with the rookie quarterback. Uh, I'm going with Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> so <laughs> this ought to be it, it, interesting. You know, with Trubisky, what, what's what's hard for – well, Trubisky's playing, but I don't I, – I think you said Pickett. Um, 
I don't know. They were wishy-washy on the rookie playing for Tennessee. I heard one report is that Tannehill is going to play. Um, and people are like, why are you going to play Tannehill over a kid that just threw four touchdowns? So I don't know if they've really decided who's going to play quarterback just yet. I think it's so maybe the, the last – the last I heard is Levis is is still gonna be the quarterback. Okay. Now this is Wednesday. <laughs> well, the game's tomorrow. I I think it's gonna be Levis. Now that I think about it, right? Okay. So, but we'll see. Um, Miami. We both have Miami over Kansas City. Kansas City is just not the same. They're they're off. They're off. I don't want to hear that Mahomes was sick last week. They are off. They are yeah, they not. Are. Uh, offensively, they are they are. If it wasn't for home Mahomes extending plays, thank God they have Mahomes because their receiving crew is a disaster. And for all the Jet fans that say I can't believe we let McCall Hardman go, and for all the Kansas City fans that all of a sudden started liking McCall Hardman because he had a punt return, McCall Hardman showed you he he cost you that game with that that fumbled punt. Yeah, and where was he on the offensive side of the ball? He was nowhere to be found. He's a gadget guy, and and I would just wish the Jet fans would let it go. I've been saying it all year about McCall Harmon. If he was any good, he would have beat out Reggie Cobb as a three receiver. He's not any good. They brought him in. They said, "What what is this? This is not what we thought we were getting. So uh, I just think when I look at Harmon, he can't get on the field, they're, and they're a hot mess of wide receivers. Sky Moore dropped a critical touchdown pass by Mahomes. Right, they're they're a hot mess outside of Kelsey, um, with, with the receiving core. Um, if if we go down, <clears throat> excuse me, the next game that really I think is a sneaky good game. We both have Baltimore winning, but is the Baltimore Seattle game? Yeah, I think that that's a, a sneaky good one o'clock game. Um, if we go a little further, the Vegas game now. You took Vegas before the McDaniels. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the of the quarterback. And now yeah. I heard Daniel Jones has been cleared to play. Yeah. So uh, I'm definitely take. I'm going to take the Giants because Daniel Jones is playing. He's you know now that he's healthy, he's had a chance to reflect. Maybe that will wake wake up the Giants. I just think the Vegas right now is just. An, I think it's hard to ask Antonio Pierce on with less than a week. To, to your game, to be head coach and ask you to win a football game. Mostly if you change uh, coaches, it's typically in a bye week. So they have two weeks to prepare and get get that changing coach, get them in, in gear. I think it's a lot to ask of Antonio Pierce on a short week. Yeah. Not, not, now, now, we get to, now we get to the heavyweights, right? All those primetime games with the heavyweights. Philly, Dallas. Um. Dallas, the reason why I call it, we both took Philly. I think Philly is going to win this um, at home. Um, I don't think there's much to worry about there. However, Dallas is coming off an impressive victory over the Rams. Or not, yeah, over the Rams. Yep. Um, yeah. Did they find something or is it just that they just beat the Rams, right? So, Jay, like I know you're an Eagles guy. This is not the same football team. As last no, year, no, it's it is not even close. It's not even close. I, I, I don't know what I can pinpoint. One thing is just, yeah, yes, with the different coordinators. And look, their record is a great record, right? And I'm picking on the Eagles and saying they're not as good as they were last year. 
to me, they're they're not. I just don't believe in Dallas to go into Philly and win this game. I think Dallas has got a lot of talent, but I just don't believe in the Cowboys that can win a tough road game. I just against a very good opponent. So I, I mean, I just I think it's going to be a great game. I, I got the Eagles in this game. Yep, same here, same here. Uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati, we're we're split on this. Thanks, man. Thanks for the love. We really appreciate that. Well, thanks for the love last week against the Giants. Payback. Yeah, but I I picked you this week. But you didn't pick me last week, so now it's payback. Well, that was because of Tyrod. And then you knocked Tyrod out of the game. Wait a minute, you picked. You chose Tyrod over me. Okay, 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 okay. Tyrod played for the Bills. What 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 alliance do you have to the Bengals? I got zero oh, alliance to the Bengals. Exactly. I had Tyrod. I had Dable. I, I I am I am this is payback because you took Tyrod over over me. That's At least I had a justification. Here, I'm taking you over the Chargers. I have nothing with the Chargers. Yeah, you want the Chargers to be knocked down further because you don't believe the Jets are going to hang around long enough. I'm not worried about the Chargers. Trust me, with Brandon Stanley, I am not in the least worried about the Chargers. <laughs> you know, I, I honestly, I am worried about your team. Uh, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't pick you against my team uh, either. Um, I, I got to see more consistency out of your coaching staff. Hey, I think the talent's there to win the game. I don't believe in your coaches right now. Uh, and I, I go back to the Tampa game when yeah. you could have put the get the pedal down and knocked him out of the game with 11, 12 yep. minutes left in the game, 24-10, should have put him out, and you didn't, and you let a, a, a subpar team hang around and make it a Hail Mary, a Hail Mary game that yep. all intents and purpose was catchable, and you lost, you lose that game. Like, oh, my God, right? So uh, I'm worried about your coaching staff, not so much your offense because the talent is there. The play callers have got to do their thing, right? And they, and Sean has got to tell Ken, go for the jugular, right? Just open it up, go for the jugular, Ken. Let let I, Josh do his thing. Oh, Josh didn't practice today. No, no. He, he said he's that? fine. He said he's okay. fine. Oh, just he, to give it, him an extra rest. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. I, I'm going to drop little Easter eggs all the way through our. our podcast going up right okay first one first easter egg i'm going to drop is michigan so all i'm going to say michigan just follow me through i have a bold prediction if certain things don't happen we'll just get we'll get to that point okay all right all right right. good enough are we going to wrap it up? A couple of things I want to do before we wrap it up. One, Anthony from uh, our team, one team, the New York Jet fans, thanks for chiming in on, on my on the post uh, early on in the podcast. Uh, so thank you, Anthony, for that. And it's a great group of guys we have and girls in that in that in that thing. So thanks for chiming in. Um, and to uh, Craig Willis and the Baltimore Ravens, thanks for chiming in on my page as well. Um, going back and forth a little bit there, and then to uh, Joey Joey Hatch. We were we were going back and forth on a lot of posts. So Joey, uh, thanks for doing that. It was a lot of fun going back and forth. So, you know, you see my eyes going there as is me just kind of talking to everybody. So I just want to thank everybody hey, for don't, don't forget here. Rob. Don't forget Rob. Rob. Yep. Yeah, Rob Rob went on, on your side and go on my side. So uh 
So Rob's sticking on the Buffalo Bill side, but uh, yeah, and of course Rob, uh, Rob, Rob's like like family now, right? So. Oh wait, there. That's what I'm talking. Thank you, Andre. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's go Buffalo. <laughs> Love it. All Love right. It. Well, that's gonna wrap this one up. Certainly, again, thank you to everybody who who jumped in. Everybody who. Uh, help participate. We hope you enjoyed the content. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, you know, shoot messages, shoot feedback. We appreciate it. We're on all kinds of platforms, Facebook, uh, pretty much exclusive, but we are on Twitter or X. Uh, we're on uh, Instagram. So you can find us all over um, videos, older videos of the podcast can be found on YouTube. Um, but we do appreciate everybody. So for my co-host, Stevie D., I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon.